Hello, and welcome to An Encouraged Heart. Thank you for joining me for Bible study. We are currently studying Being a Disciple, Counting the Real Cost. If you have not had a chance to purchase the Bible study, please go online to Precept Ministries International. Also, if you are new to my podcast or my YouTube channel, I encourage you to listen to some or all of the previous episodes. Today, we will read scriptures from John chapter 15. Let's begin, as always, with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing us the opportunity to study your word. I pray that your spirit will give us understanding. Lord, I pray that your word will continue to transform our hearts and lives. Help us to follow you with our whole hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible study workbook, please turn to page 47. Otherwise, please open your Bibles. First, however, I'd like to start by reading some comments from the week five introduction. And it reads as follows. We have looked at the call of the disciples, the cost of discipleship, and the commitment of being a disciple. Now we want to look at the commissioning of the disciples and what it means to us today. Jesus's hour had come. It was about to become the hour of the disciples. Jesus was about to fulfill the work the Father had given him to do, leave his disciples and go to the Father. Yet there was a world of men, women, and children who needed to hear the good news of his death and resurrection. Sins could be forgiven, the power of sin could be broken. People could become new creatures in Christ Jesus, children of God, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, before Jesus left, there were vital truths that the disciples needed to know. A commissioning needed to take place. Also, um, there's some comments that I'd like to read from the observation section, and they read as follows. As Jesus moved across the Kidron Valley to his favorite spot in the Garden of Gethsemane, he knew full well what awaited him and his disciples. Therefore, he used those precious moments to prepare them for the tribulation they would face as his followers. For the disciple was to become like his teacher. So we're going to again continue in John chapter 15. Um, If you have your books, turn over please to page 48. And it says here that as we read the passage, John 15, 16 through 20, um, we're going to do some markings. Again, the markings are to help us to focus on keywords and phrases that would help us with our understanding of the verses. We're going to mark every reference to disciples, including pronouns. And we did that simply by drawing an arrow underneath the word disciples. And we're also going to mark the word love with a heart and the word hate with a heart as well. But this time um, we're going to also put a slash through the heart. Okay. So beginning in verse 16 of John 15. You did not choose me, but I chose you. So of course, Mark you and you for the disciples and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. So mark you and you 
and that your fruit would remain, so mark your, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give give to you. So again, mark you and you. Um, at the end of verse 16, moving on to verse 17, this I command you, mark you, that you love one another. So here you're going to mark you again. You're going to mark love with a heart shape. And also one another, I think, should also be marked. I'm referring to the disciples. Verse 18, if the world hates you, mark hate, the word, the word hate, of course, with the heart, with a slash through it. And mark you, continuing, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. So you have another you to mark and one more, the last word in that verse. And hated and hated um, should also be marked. Moving on to verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. So mark you and love. But because you are not of the world, mark you again. But I chose you out of the world. Again, mark you. Because of this, the world hates you. So, of course, you would mark hates and also you. Again, referring to the disciples. Moving on to verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you. A slave is not greater than his master. Mark you again. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So mark you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Mark your. And as always, I will reread the passage without interruption. Beginning um, again in verse 16. So if um, you did not get all the markings or if I missed any, please feel free to um, complete the markings. Okay. So let's get started. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This I command you that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Okay, um, we have several discussion questions, as always, that we're going to look at per that pertain to the passage. Okay, so the first question is on page 48. What do you learn from marking references to the disciples? Move through these verses one by one. Okay, well, in verse 16, um, Jesus um, says here that he has chosen and he has appointed his disciples, referring um, to the 12. But we know, um, based on our reading last week, that, of course, Judas, one of the 12, betrayed Jesus. So, of course, um, now there are only 11 disciples. Um, he also tells them that um, he's chosen them, he's appointed them. They were to bear fruit, fruit that was lasting, fruit, he says, that would remain. 
Um, Also, um, whatever they ask of the Father in his name, it would be given to them. Um, And we know that um, if that is the case, that means the assumption there, of course, would be that um, we, in particular, those disciples would be praying in the name of Jesus. So therefore, their prayers would be in accordance with his will and his word. Okay. Verse 17 um, refers to the fact that Jesus um, has commanded them as he has commanded us to love one another. Um, Verses 18, 19, and 20 are very much related. And here the Lord is saying, since they are his followers um, and he's called them out of the world, they will be treated like him. Um, And because he was hated by the world, therefore, um, because they're his representatives, they will be hated as well. Okay. The next question in verse 20, Jesus reminds them that a slave is not greater than his master. Disciples were not above their teacher. What do people, what did people do to Jesus during his three and a half years of public ministry? Um, and we certainly know from verse 20 that he faced um, persecution. Okay. Moving on to the next question. Do you think Christians expect to suffer as a follower of Jesus Christ? What brings the suffering? Well, in some parts of the world, some might expect to suffer, um, but I don't think many expect to suffer, um, at least not to a great extent in countries like um, the United States. Um, Here we have um, freedom to worship, and we have had that for generations. Um, Of course, it's not to say that suffering does not occur here in the U.S., but quite often, Uh, When someone does come to Christ, uh, we are told very often um, that we'll be blessed and we will have abundant life, which is very true. However, when someone is being ministered to as a new Christian, um, at least in my experience, um, no one told me about the cost of being a disciple of Christ or that opposition will happen because, you know, I've chosen to follow him. So uh, we have to tell the full story. Yes, there's many blessings. There's eternal life as well. Um, But because he faced persecution and suffering, we as his followers will also suffer as well. Okay. The next question is, have you ever seen that the more you become like Christ, the closer you follow him, the more you might suffer simply because you are less and less in step with the culture of the world. Have you experienced this? How? Um, Well, I think um, that, well, in my case, I don't believe that I've suffered to a large extent for being a Christian, but I most certainly have experienced rejection Um, I have been shunned, um, perhaps for, you know, um, for speaking out about my faith. Um, Some may have thought I was very conservative. Um, So there was, of course, rejection. Um, Perhaps I was excluded. Those were the types of sufferings that I have um, dealt with. Um, But compared to others around the world, you know, that's been minimal. But, um, of course, that certainly could change. But 
I know that as a Christian, that is to be expected because how we live our life is contrary, is very different from the world. Okay. The next question is, do you see people being persecuted today because they are living like Jesus, doing what is right before God, sharing his truths, not compromising, not agreeing when to do so would require going against God's word? Well, from time to time, um, I have heard stories of this kind of persecution, more so in other countries where people have very little freedom or none at all to outwardly share or demonstrate their faith in Christ. Um, but I have, but I have to say that even in the United States, there certainly are glimpses of this. Quite often here, Christians are called intolerant when we do not agree or condone behaviors that are contrary to God's word. Okay. Um, I am going to conclude our study for today. As always, I encourage you to go back and reread today's passage. Also, please share my podcast with a friend. You can find an encouraged heart on a variety of social media platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Take care, and I look forward to you joining me next time. God bless.